We get it, you're busy. You wanna grow and we wanna help. You're passionate about your craft because it deeply matters to you. Your faith is important, it's your foundation. At Stay Forth, we coach leaders to avoid burnout, live and lead with clarity, purpose, and from a place of health. We want you to experience long-term impact. Welcome to the journey. I want to share about something that I've become a big fan of. Now, I love me some coffee, but I hate depending on caffeine. And at times, I've used coffee to keep me going and just kind of keep me alive for the day. And I don't like that feeling. And as we've talked about here on the podcast, I was really tired heading into this fall after a really challenging season. And I just knew that I needed to make some changes to my life and to my routine. So I limited my caffeine to one cup of coffee a day. I took Fridays off and I began taking this little thing called Magic Mind every day. So basically, instead of a second cup of coffee, I took this little guy. Now, I was skeptical, of course. I've heard of nootropics, I've heard of matcha, but how can it beat caffeine? Honestly, the focus it brought me was pretty incredible. So without the crash, I was getting that focus, and sometimes I was even lasting beyond what I used to have for my afternoon nap, which feels a little bit crazy to me. I'm a big fan now of Magic Mind, but especially when I'm not dragging through the late afternoon right when I go home to pick up my kids, that's what I'm talking about. I step back into dad mode, I have energy for the rest of the day. So I'm a fan of this little Magic Mind shot. You can get a month of Magic Mind free with the link and the code in the show notes. Would love for you to test it out. Well, welcome to the next episode of Stay Forth Leadership Podcast. We are live in the studio. If you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening, uh, you'll get a pretty good experience, but not the full experience. We encourage you to go over to YouTube. Um, but I have my new friend, Shreya Rush, in the studio today. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, excited to break open this book. First of all, we always congratulate people. Oh. Your book, Baby's Out Into the World. <laughs> um, when did you first kind of conceptualize this idea? Yes. Yeah, so I started sharing online um, under the name Coco Gospels. And so I shared a lot about racial reconciliation. It was right after George Floyd. And it was the first time that I had ever discussed being a black woman in a predominantly white um, community. It was the first time I kind of expressed some of the tension points that I've experienced and through that, I came up against a lot of hard hearts. I came up against a lot of people who were just like not willing to have a conversation, not willing to go there. And I experienced my heart, own heart getting hard. And so um, it was just I was just interacting with someone from my past. And I remember I was typing out a message and the Lord really was like, you need to check your heart like this work that you're doing as noble as it seems, it is costing you your soft heart. And so I kind of, that was the first time I've ever heard of it. My mom had always told me like, you're too sensitive, you're too soft. But, and I knew that, you know, God wants us to have a heart of flesh, but I didn't really understand what that meant biblically, or if it was even a biblical principle. And so it just led to me kind of studying the word. And um, in Mark, you see Jesus kind of addressing and confronting the religious leaders and even his own disciples about having a hard heart. And so that just 
awakened me to kind of what was Jesus talking about? What does that look like? Is this a biblical concept? Yes, it is. And so what does it look like to have a soft heart? And why was Jesus so passionately keeping his disciples and those who wanted to follow him aware of the condition of their hearts? So really, this is a couple years mm-hmm. in the making and a life in the making of having conversations yeah. uh, feels really personal, um, not just another <laughs> message. Um, and so how does that feel that that is now available? So pre-order phase on Amazon, it's heading yes. out to the world. What kind of emotions are you feeling before this thing launches? You know, as an artist, as a creative, it's it's nerve wracking to have your work out there to be critiqued. I think because that's what we mostly lean into is like, what bad things are people going to say about my work? <laughs> like, how are they going to say that it's horrible? Will I get a two-star review? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think there there is that tension point. But I am just really, um, I'm really excited because I do think that it is a timely message. And I have seen the miracle of a soft heart at play in my own life. And so I'm really just excited to be able to offer people that have been a benefactor of my work something that I hope that they just read like in their own secret times, in their own safe places, um, just an opportunity for them to really come face to face with their condition of their heart and to get mm-hmm. honest and to let God enter that honesty. Mm-hmm. So I just am excited. It feels like a love letter, an invitation, a message in a bottle to people. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it was a labor of love and it's just nice to yeah seal it off. Yeah, it's interesting this, like uh, I tend to look at somebody else's hard heart in the way that they're hard easy to judge that. Mm-hmm. And yet my heart could be calcifying at the same time in a different way. Talk about some of the different shades of hard heart. How would I know, yeah. Sharia, if my heart was growing hard? Absolutely. Um, so I break down a bunch of different symptoms, but I think one of the ones that we may not be aware of is cynicism. And I think that in this day and age, we kind of categorize cynicism as like a mark of a mature Christian um, or just like, like a mark yeah. of a mature person. Yeah, yeah. like I, I will, you know, I will get fooled again. Yeah, I'm, I'm a skeptic. Like we kind of wear it as our badge of honor. And mm-hmm. if we're being honest, it is actually the markings of a wounded person. Mm-hmm. It is um, a hopeless romantic who has literally seen that the world is not what it is. And instead of keeping that hope alive, they go to the complete opposite. And they're like, everybody's gonna wrong me. This world is just, you know, a broken and a horrible place. And um, I think that that's a symptom that we don't always want to admit to because a hard heart, we're protecting ourselves. That's why we harden our heart. We want to just like keep the bad out, even if it means we keep the good out. And um, I just notice a lot of people that are cynics and they wear it as a badge of honor. And I I say to them, you know, there's a there's a pain point there. There's a wound there. Um, And that's a way that we can kind of identify. And I also think Two, um, this is something that people probably wouldn't admit, but how we speak about um, other believers and how we speak about God in our pain is also a way that our heart hardens. And so a lot of times we try to find purpose in our pain. Like we want to know why this happened. We want to know why we're hurting. And in that pursuit of why, we can harden our hearts towards the Lord because we can come to our own conclusions. Like Mm. I'm hurting because I wasn't good enough. I'm hurting because I didn't do this right. Or I'm hurting because God's mad at me and he doesn't really like me. I'm not his favorite. And so those are just a few symptoms that I think that we can be aware of and just asking ourselves um, just the hard questions of like, what are the distortions that I have about God? And many times they're connected to a hardened heart. Mm. 
And if we feel our hearts getting hard, what's that pathway? I'm yeah. not asking for a five-step yeah. process, like three easy tips to removing cynicism from your life. But the life hack. Exactly. No life hacks allowed here on this no, podcast. No. Uh, it's hard. It's challenging. But how would I move in the direction of uh, softening my heart? Absolutely. I think the first step is admitting that your heart is hard. I think that a lot of times as Christians, we like to play pretend. Mm-hmm. We think we like to play dress up with softness yeah. and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's good. Like. This didn't really affect me as much as I want to let on. And, you know, Jesus can't work with who we pretend to be. He can't work with um, where we pretend to to be in in the fake state of our hearts. And so I think about in Ruth when Naomi is just, I mean, her life is flipped upside down and she's just in pain and she's lost and she returns to her hometown and everybody's excited to see her. They're like, oh my gosh, is that Naomi? I can't believe she's back. And in that moment, she is really honest. And she's like, you know what? Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me my pain because God has dealt bitterly with me. And at first glance, you know, our religious spirit is like, how dare she, you know, name herself by her pain? How dare she say this about God? But honestly, it was that moment that that moment of honesty that Jesus was able to enter into. And I think that the first step to letting God soften us, soften our hearts is to admit that we've grown hard. And to admit that life has had its way on us and we didn't make it out. We weren't Mark safe. We didn't make it out soft. Um, That doesn't mean that we are not holy enough. Doesn't mean that we don't believe God enough. It just means that life is life. So cynicism is a big one. What are a couple of the the other symptoms? Um, I would say for me, um, I'll just kind of point to ones that I struggle with the most. Um, Unforgiveness. And that's just the belief that um, to say, I forgive you, um, we're also approving of something or we're accepting something. And when we withhold forgiveness, we are keeping our hearts hard because we're not staying open to the miracle that that can be at play. Um, And really forgiveness is the power of God at play. It's um, him showing, you know, that he is at work in our lives because we don't forgive by our own merit. Like it's not our own strength. That's why he says we need faith to forgive. And so just the ways, you know, our inability to forgive others can be a symptom of a hard heart. Um, And I would also say back to just Naomi, um, just the inclination to be named by our pain and to just Mm -hmm. let the worst things that have happened to us be the sum of our whole identity and who we are. And it is a difficult thing to sever our identity from the traumas that we've encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we don't do that, we are leaving our hearts, you know, open to just having that case around them and saying, you know what, this happened and that's who I am and that's how life is going to be. And so, um, and I think disappointment as much as we can't avoid it, but um, really letting ourselves be led to a place of despair can also be a symptom mm-hmm. um, that we may not be aware of. Mm. Man, I'm excited to, read through those different pieces of it. Maybe excited the wrong word. <laughs> I need to read through those different pieces of it. Um, we're heading into election season. We, we're in election season, I guess, but uh, I anticipate it heating up as you probably do as well. Um, I'm not looking forward to that, but um, I want to be ready for yeah. that. What are yeah. some ways that our hearts can be ready for for this? And then what are some ways we could be ready to stand in relationship with soft hearts during this season? Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
this is not in the book, but this is just something that I've had. Let's to go. Practice. Just riff. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. Something that I always say to people, um, and I, I've just said it a lot, is love your neighbor more than your opinion. And that is a very difficult thing to do because we attach our identities to our opinions right now. Um, we we stand on issues and we don't care who's underneath our feet, even if that, that's our neighbor, even if that's someone that we love. And so I think in preparation um, for election season, I think we all have to take a big reality check that we will be going to heaven with people who did not vote like us and that people can love God with their whole hearts and vote completely different with you than you. And that the in, the human inclination sometimes is to label people and to reduce people to a party, reduce people to the issues that they stand beside. Um, that's the human inclination. And we have to contend against that and be really diligent um, to see people as, you know, our neighbor, as the image of God and not just um, a caricature of an mm-hmm. of an issue or yeah. your caricature of a political party. And so I think that that's just the way that we can internally prepare. And then I think when we engage with um, people, um, I think just having wisdom and understanding that our job is not co- to convince people of the other issue. Like I understand that we have the person that we're rooting for, but the person that we're rooting for does not know us. Like the person that we're rooting for doesn't go to the grocery store with us. They don't go to church with us. And so I think just really keeping that in mind and asking ourselves, am I willing to sever this relationship to be the spokesperson for someone that really doesn't care about me as an individual? Um, And so I just think putting things in their rightful place and keeping our neighbors elevated over our opinions, which is a very hard thing to do, but it is possible. Yeah, it's interesting as you're saying that. I mean, while we're telling on ourselves, I'll tell on myself that <laughs> unforgiveness in this area is a big deal for me. Um, less on who you're voting for and more on your posture. Mm. When someone violates uh, a posture, whether on social media or in person, uh, it's really hard for me to forgive. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to trust them and invite them into my circle yeah. of friends. You can't come into my living room and punch my neighbor Absolutely. in the face. But that's, that's, I think, for me, the bigger deal. And I think it's helpful to say it out loud, yep. you know, on the podcast Absolutely. with thousands of you friends listening, is that that's what I'm trying to prepare my heart for, mm-hmm. is is when somebody, especially a person of Jesus, who says that it matters to love our neighbor, um, says something offensive, mm-hmm. when it's in writing, lots of people can see it and screenshot it. And, uh, you know, it's painful. It's yeah. painful to me, and instead of grieving that and being sad, I can actually move toward unforgiveness. Um, and that's, I think, the challenge. And I just, we talk about being proactive here instead of being reactive. Mm-hmm. We need to prepare our hearts for this season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I hope it's not as charged as the last few elections, but I think we're smart enough to know that it's going to heat up. Uh, and what happens when our preferences are violated, mm-hmm. when people violate the posture that we would take in, yeah. in terms of an issue or an idea or leave a comment here. Um, that hurts. Sometimes I don't want to be associated um, with that, but also to go like, yeah, uh, every family is dysfunctional and that includes yeah. our family of faith. Um, so pray for me, I guess, in the no, meantime. That's, I mean, I, it's hard. I will say to you just to that, um, and I do talk about this in the book, like I think we can be wise and love our neighbor and also set up fences. And um, I think for me, especially as a woman of color with, um, people who have viewpoints that 
um, inherently have more um, of a bias and sometimes racist ideology, it is very, very difficult for me to um, look at some of the things that even people share. Sometimes I'm like, how, if you love me, how can you be following someone like that? Or how can you be reposting that type of language and that narrative? And I, and I, I get so, I get very angry. But for me, I'm like, okay, in order to preserve the softness of my heart, I cannot continue to be to keep access to mm-hmm. this person and i have to just set up yeah above all else yep. guard your heart for exactly. it's the wellspring of life and exactly. i'm going to be signing off on social media for a time yeah um not because i'm holier than thou no maybe but... because i struggle more than thou <laughs> uh with thou's dumb I'm comments i don't know yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so i think that's a great point is that not only readying our hearts preparing our hearts but going like there are some things we need to do just without during the yeah, season just yeah. be practical yeah um, so much we could talk about, and I guess you have to read the book uh, to talk about it. We'll all have to read the book to talk um, through all this. Um, the book processed changed yeah. um, as you were thinking about it and then as you were writing it. Um, talk a little bit, not just about the change, but um, how that's impacted you and how that's impacted the message. Yeah. So when I pitched the book in 2019, sorry, 2020 messed up everything for my time. That was a long time ago, pre-COVID. 50 years. Um, But when I first pitched the book, I pitched it under the whole narrative that like I left my husband for a season of separation. We worked things out. We reconciled. I moved back to Georgia to be with him. And just the story of how like the stuff that I went through with him did harden my heart, but then God softened me. And now I'm going to write a book about that. And um, I will say that (laughs) there was a level of pride in that of just like, I kept my heart soft. Like I did the perfect thing. I was the perfect wife to be in this situation. And so I think that I pitched the book still pretending. Um, And I pitched the book with a very skewed view of what it meant to have a soft heart. And so when I went to sign my contract, I signed it a couple days after my husband said that he wanted a divorce. And I had realized that we couldn't reconcile because behavior hadn't changed. And so I remember my heart just like, like you, I could just, I felt like I could hear just go click. Like, I'm going to write this book, but I'm not going to even process what I'm writing. Like, I'm just going to fulfill my obligations, fulfill my contract. Like, God, we'll change it up. Like, I'll just keep, I'll keep pretending. And um, so the process changed because I had to really get honest. And I remember I sat down with my publisher and my agent and I had to tell them like, <laughs> this is what's happening. Like, I, I'm now in Colorado. I'm, I was in my grandma's basement. We had like two suitcases and I just like, I was trying to cry, not to cry. And I was just like, everything's changed. And I remember the night before I had that meeting, God just downloaded a new chapter all on mirages and how Mm. we are not made soft by pretending. And I didn't even have Mm. that in the book. I didn't pitch that. And that was the first chapter that I had to start with was like, in order to get soft, you have to get real. Like you can't keep pretending and, and trying to attach yourself to what you wish life was going to be. That's not how you're soft. And honestly, you're not made soft because you're just like strong enough and you're nice mm-hmm. enough and you're kind enough and you do all of the right things because life doesn't care about that. Life you know, and the enemy doesn't care about that. Um, and so that allowed me to heal in a way that um, I knew that I didn't have to be the soft 
heart expert in order to write a book yeah soft sure which i think um obviously i think validates the book more i think people are looking more for that uh that phrase write the book that you need you know comes to mind as it's like okay it's in process here we go um so i i think that that's really important for listeners to hear, readers to hear. Um, sometimes is that hey, this this wasn't the plan, yeah. And yet, God knew, and um, that's kind of sewn in some extra pain, probably vulnerability, authenticity to the message um, in that. So, well, congrats on adapting, uh, getting that out to the world. A um, couple more questions. I just wanted to get. I don't know. Is there a favorite chapter? Is there a favorite even quote within the book that you think? Like, just lights you up like, yes, this is highlighted. I'm going to be honest with you, Alan. I <laughs> have not even reread the book yet. So, like, it's been just so, I think I just, like, you know, you're just in writing process. <laughs> you're just writing. And then they destroy it, you know, through the Dude. editing process. You start to, like, is this <laughs> any good? Am like, I even meant to write? This like, is terrible. You yeah. have, you know, your crisis moment. Yeah. And But I think I just... I'm recently now like rereading it, but it's just, it feels like I wrote it years ago. But I say that to say I don't have a quote because I cannot think of a quote right now on the top of my head. But my favorite or the most challenging chapter was the one on forgiveness because I I think that I wanted to make sure that readers did not walk away with this belief that like forgiveness is just like an easy button or like another message that was just trying to essentially placate my my pain and tell me to just forget because Jesus told me so. Mm-hmm. I think we have plenty of messages like that. And I think that that's why people distance themselves from um, the biblical teaching of forgiveness because they're given more of a traditional, mm-hmm. you know, passed down understanding of forgiveness. And so that was my favorite chapter because I, I really love um, being the spicy older sister that's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's not, you know, you can forgive mm-hmm. and also not let people play in your face. Mm-hmm. Like you can forgive and also not let that person come back mm-hmm. into your life. You can forgive and admit that, you know, you were you were wronged and you mm-hmm. were hurt. And so I think that that was my my favorite chapter to write because I just really like to dive into that. And I really like to set people free from um, a misconstrued um, teaching and to let set them free by a true biblical understanding of Mm. Awesome. Sounds hard fought. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe favorite is different from yeah. like costume <laughs> the barrels to opinion. Yeah. All of them were rough. I sure. Think, sure. Um, somebody here struggling who's watching this, who's listening to this. Um, somebody here's full of pain. Maybe they're they're even pretending and saying this is the safest place. Uh, maybe they're cynical because yeah. it's safe. If I just protect my heart, nobody can hurt me. Um, can you speak directly and just challenge, encourage? care for with your words that person right now that's driving in their car they're doing dishes they're working out and they just need an encouraging word yeah i don't know if i should look at the camera um or you but either either way either way look look directly at the camera friends if you're on youtube you get a special gift televangelist here (laughs) donate five dollars after um i i would say that if you are listening and you just hear, you feel that like, oof, that's that may be me. I think that I've hardened my heart. I want to first say shame off you. You don't have to feel shamed for the ways in which you've reacted to hard things and re- you've reacted to trauma and hurt and pain. But I will say that to you have to have the courage to say, okay, God, I want to be made soft, but that work is a miracle. It's not something that you have to feel as though you have to 
you know, believe harder or be nicer or, you know, have this, the willpower to stay soft. Mm -hmm. It's really just inviting God into the rooms that we've locked and kind of thrown away the key, inviting him into the places that you're like, oh, that's a little too messy. Um, That's a little too dead for you to touch and letting him just speak into those places and soften those hardened corners of the things that have broken and to really believe that like you're not too far gone to be softened and that um and that God really longs for you to have a soft heart because that's what allows him to mold you and and use you and you know to just keep you close to him and so i would just say again to just if you feel like it's you then the first step i don't know if i love that word but the first step would be to just get honest and to not let shame keep you away from approaching God and saying, hey, I am hard. I don't know what to do about it, but I just need you to know about it. Mm. That's good. Well, thanks for your words, your vulnerability. Uh, Close us out with the title and subtitle and where people can go to pre-order your book. Absolutely. It is Courageously Soft, Daring to Keep a Tender Heart in a Tough World. Comes out March 19th, and you can get it anywhere books are sold, preferably Amazon. If you like Amazon, if you don't. Pre-order, leave a review. Yeah, do leave it. a review. I so appreciate that. But yeah, anywhere books are sold. And I just am so appreciative of your time today, Alan. Awesome. Well, congrats. Thanks for coming in the studio with us. Friends, um, we don't just leave you with messages because you need more content. There's some kind of next step. And maybe your next step is simply to get soft and to open your mind and your heart and get some time alone. Um, If you are self-protecting, if you are maybe even afraid of this election season as it comes on, um, I just want to invite you to ask God why and to ask God what is happening within me and maybe even um, is there someone I need to forgive? Do I need to forgive myself or ask for forgiveness in a particular way? Um, You cannot lead healthy for the long haul. Um, if we do not do the internal work. And I'm hearing so much internal work in this message. And so we don't apologize for hard messages. We're going to continue to have them here. We're going to continue to do the work. Friends, it is possible to live and lead well for the long haul without burning out, flaming out, or losing your soul. In the meantime, we'll catch you on the next episode.